Welcome to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast with Sakar Kauli. During this program, you will hear guest experts sharing their experiences, best practices, and market insights. We discuss investing in multifamily apartment complexes and how a busy professional can passively invest hassle-free in various opportunities. Your host, Sakar Kauli, owns millions of dollars of assets and has done thousands of value-add projects over 20 years now. So listen in for insights. Here's your host, Sakar Kauli. Welcome to another edition of Premium Cashflow Podcast. Today I have uh, Rod Cleave, and I admire Rod uh, extremely. Uh, I look up to him. In fact, I call, call him uh, one of my, uh, you know, sort of mentors. And a uh, little bit about Rod. Rod has been, uh, gosh, investing his whole lifetime. Uh, he's done every bit of uh, nuance of real estate. Uh, he's done, I think he owns well over 3,000 apartments. And uh, most importantly, Rod uh, actually has had several companies uh, that he invested uh, in and plus started various businesses. Uh, welcome to the show, Rod. I appreciate oh, you taking thanks, time. Thanks, Sakar. No, thank, thank you. Um, and, um, you know, it's a pleasure to be here and let's have some fun today. Sure. And absolutely. I just got the cool new green screen behind me with a picture. I of see that. I, Isn't I, that cool? I, I this is like one of the first times I've done this. So I'm really loving this picture. I, I love it. And I think you have the dynamic screen where I just saw the jet passing by too. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so, fun. No, it's so, beautiful property. And, thank, uh, you know, thank you. Thanks for uh, having me. Thanks for having me on the show, my friend. Thank you. And uh, for our listeners, I like to mention that Rod always emphasizes on, you know, the psychology of success and which uh, that's something, you know, uh, dear to my heart. And I have always said it, I think so many times that uh, real estate and personal development uh, are just so go hand in hand that your personal development has to be there and you through through which you attain a lot of success not just in real estate but life in general you know and uh, so with that rod uh, do you want to maybe share some tips about uh, you know why you say always that you know setting goals or you know the psychology of success sure, uh, is so sure. important for success in life in general and not just about real estate now for that sure no, happy to. And, and, and it, probably a good pre-frame for that conversation would be just to mention my story. So Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, in, I immigrated to this country when I was six years old with my brother, Albert, and my mother's Vancha, And we ended up in Denver, Colorado, where I lived for 30 years. And we didn't have much money. In fact, I wore clothes from the Goodwill uh, through junior high school. And, uh, you know, we, we ate expired food and drank powdered milk uh, because that's all we could afford. Now, I'm sure there are people listening that had it harder than we did, but I knew I wanted more. And my mother had an incredible work ethic, and she babysat kids so we'd have enough money to eat. And with her babysitting money, when I was 14, she bought the house across the street from us for $30,000 And with her babysitting money. And then when I was 17, she told me it had gone up in value $20,000 while she slept. And I was wow. like, what? I'm getting into real estate. I'm going to be right. rich in real estate. Right. So I got into real estate and, um, and I really never looked back. And I, I started in single family. I've owned over 2,000 houses and multiple apartment complexes. And in, in 2006 or seven rather, my net worth went up 
$17 million while I slept. Okay. Wow. And mm-hmm. so a little more than my mom's 20,000, but there's a punch, there's a punchline. Right. Um, I, uh, and of course, you know, when you, when that happens, I got a big head and I thought, you know, I thought I was a real estate God and I could do no wrong. And, and, you know, whenever that happens, God or the universe or whatever you believe will give you a smackdown. Well, that was 2008 for me. And I, I crashed and burned in 2008. I had what we, what I call a seminar. It was a $50 million seminar. That's how much I lost. And, you know, we can dig into why that happened. In fact, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea. No, actually, that's very important, Rod, that, you know, how the market cycle works and your investment portfolio, how you size it up and, you know, what aspects you look at. Uh, You know, you're, I mean, I always talk about, I think, uh, learning from successes and more importantly, learning from failures as to why they were and learning from experience, uh, uh, you know, um, people like you. So I'd appreciate if you could share. Yeah, no, no, no problem. And, And again, it's not a failure unless you stop growing or don't learn from it. If you stop, if you stop, then it's a failure. But um, so, so, uh, you know, the reason that it happened was uh, because I was, I had 800 houses and I had multiple apartment complexes, but my 800 houses were two hours north of me and two hours south of me and everywhere in between. And so, um, and, and I'm in Florida and I was along the coast, the Gulf Coast of Florida. So I had a lot of houses that had uh, wind insurance, flood insurance, which of course impacted cash flow. Florida has no state income tax, so they have higher property taxes, which impact cash flow. But the yeah. biggest thing that killed me was if I had a house an hour away and I had the, it was the logistics. If I had to send a maintenance man to one of my apartment complexes, we would stockpile parts because everything's the same, but every house is different. But a maintenance man could go to an apartment complex in an hour and fix a maintenance issue. Well, if he had to go to a house that was an hour away. So, first of all, there's two hours eaten up just in, in, in travel time to the house. Absolutely. Then he's got to get to the house to see what's wrong. Then he's got to find a hardware store, a Home Depot or a Lowe's, buy the materials, which could be another hour round trip. And then right. if you've ever fixed anything yourself, you realize you get into something, you realize you missed something, you've got to go back. And, you know, you when this... Uh, you know, what could take an hour at one of my apartment complexes ends up taking all day at a house. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you multiply that times 800 and that's why I I just couldn't hold it together in 2008. And, and I was actually at a 30% loan to value. Wow. And And I still couldn't hold it together. Right. That's how bad it crashed. I actually went upside down. That's how much it crashed here. It went, I, I was actually upside down in my property values um, at one point, but in 07, I was at a 30% loan to value. So anyway, it was, wow. it was the perfect storm. It was ugly, but, but I'm back. I'm back now. I, I live in an incredible compound, you know, I, but let's talk about mindset and psychology. So Absolutely. first of all, you know, it took an incredible mindset and psychology to get there in the first place, but to recover from losing $50 million took mindset and psychology as well. So let me share, what I'd like to do is, is share um, some, you know, a goal setting workshop and it'll just take a few minutes that I, sure, that I, sure. share with, I do this in my live events. I also do this, you know, with my coaching students, it's in my course, but, but let me, let me give you a high level, uh, uh, view on this goal set, this goal setting workshop that I put people through because it'll, I think it'll really help. So if you're listening, take some notes, you'll really get some value from this. So, what you want to do is pick an hour when you have uninterrupted time and you have a lot of energy. Don't do this uh, right after a meal. Make sure you're well hydrated. You're drinking lots of water. I'll take a drink while I'm thinking about it. <laughs> and, and sit down and write down everything you could ever possibly want in life. 
Now, the reason we're going to go through this is because if you don't know exactly what you want and more importantly, why you want it, you're never going to get it. Okay. You have to have clarity on what you want. Oh, clarity is power. So, so sit down and write down everything you could ever possibly want in life. All right. So start there. And you know, the big things, the little things, the houses, the cars, the jet skis, the boats, the planes, whatever it is, write it down, all the stuff, um, write down how much money you want in the bank in, in a year, how much money you want in the bank, you know, when you're, when you're set, how, what, how much cash flow do you want from your real estate investing in a year, two years, 10 years, um, write down, you know, and then write down everything you want to learn. Okay, so it's not just the stuff. Write down, you know, me, I'm going to learn how to fly a helicopter. I'm going to learn how to play the drums. My wife got me a drum set. It's over in one of the other buildings here in my compound. And I don't even know what end of the stick to use yet. But it's set up there and I'm going to learn it. So what do you want to learn? Okay, foreign language, whatever. Maybe you want to write a book. Write that down. Then write down who you want to help. Because, frankly, you have two hands. One to pull yourself up and one to pull other people up. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I bought my parents a house. I bought them a house on a, on a canal here in Florida. I, I bought them a car, took them on cruises. Who do you want to do things for? Write that down sure. and keep writing. And if you're analytical, don't stop and analyze it. Keep writing till you can't think of another thing. Uh, you can always scratch it out later. Okay. Once you can't think of another thing, then, and, and by the way, make sure each goal is measurable. You can't just say, I'm going to lose some weight. So make sure you put your body goals down, relationship goals down, everything. It's everything. Okay. Um, but, but, um, write down who you want to help. And then once you can't think of another thing you have, it's not really measurable till you put a time limit on it. So I want you to look at each goal and put how many years it's going to take you to achieve it. So put a one, a three, a five, a 10, or maybe even a 20 remembering. That's where your short term, medium term, long term goals come in. right. Right. Remembering that we will, as human beings, overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and massively underestimate what we can accomplish in a decade. So just keep that in mind. So you've got time limits on each one of your goals and don't overthink this either. Just, just best guess. Then I want you to pick your number one goal, the juiciest goal that if you got this thing, be like, Oh my God, this is so incredible. That goal. And if there's a handful of them that are equally exciting, just pick one and write it down, put it on a separate sheet of paper. Then pick your top three one-year goals. Put those on a separate sheet of paper. Okay, now, this is where most people stop. In fact, most people don't even get this far, okay? <laughs> but, but, but um, and, and I will tell you, most people spend more time planning a birthday party or Christmas than they do designing their lives. <clears throat> so you're already ahead of most people just by doing very, this. Very critical, absolutely. Right. I agree with you there, Rob. So, so then... You've got those four goals written down. Now you know, the, you know the what, but you've got to write down the why. So you're going to write down why each one of those goals is an absolute must for you to achieve. It has to happen. I mean, it's done. You have to do it. So, but, and you want to use emotionally charged words, like so I can show my family what incredible success looks like. So we can do whatever we want, you know, go wherever we want, bring whoever we want, whenever we want, you know, whatever it is for you, write it down so you can show your wife or husband what success looks like. So you have have the freedom to enjoy life. So you can show your children what success looks like. Write it down. Take the time to do this because the why is what's going to drive you. Okay. Very important. Mm -hmm. Now, once you've got a positive reason why written down several, ideally for each one of those goals, you're going to put some pain in there. 
okay? You're gonna write down what happens if you don't achieve the goal. Like so, and make it harsh, okay? So I don't feel like a failure. So I don't feel like I lived a life of regret. So I don't sure. fail my wife or my husband or, or fail my children. Make it painful because as human beings, we will do more to avoid pain than gain pleasure. So put some pain in there. All right, now, there's one more step. It is critical that you get pictures of your goals or pictures that resonate with you associated with your goals, okay? I, 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 you can go on Google, find pictures that, that stir you. You know, you look at them, you're like, mm, man, I like that. It may not even be exactly right. what the goal looks like, but it's, right. it's enough to, to excite you. Right. Get them in front of you, okay? Like if you saw the walls in my room in here, you'll see pictures that, of the things that I wanted. You know, let me give you some examples because not only, it's not just about the goal setting, you've got to visualize what it is you want. So when I was 18, I got my real estate broker's license. Back then you mm -hmm. could do it with education. You need experience now, but I was a real estate broker. I was going to be rich in real estate. Okay. So I went out and I bought a four door car because I'm showing houses. I got to have a four door car for people right. to get in and out of. In and out. <laughs> I bought this Ford Granada, ugliest mm -hmm. thing you've ever seen in your life. Okay. Right. And, and, you know, but I worked with a guy that had a Corvette. And he let mm -hmm. me drive it. And that, that experiential piece is very, very important as well. You want to experience anything that you want. Go test drive the car. Go to open houses for the kind of house that you want. You know, get pictures of the places you want to go on vacation. I mean, I've got a vision boards right here still. I use vision boards as well. I've mm -hmm. got them right here behind my desk. So, but the point is, um, I wanted a Corvette. So I got a picture of a Corvette out of a magazine and I put it on the sun visor of my four-door bone ugly Granada. Okay. <laughs> I got it out of a magazine. This is before you could even spell internet. I mean, we're right, talking right. back way back in then. early eighties, uh, late seventies. So I got a picture of that Corvette within a year. I had a beautiful Corvette. Um, uh, I'm going to give you some more examples here, but I want to tell your listeners that this is not me bragging. The things that I'm going to share with you are, are, what, are what happened in my life, but they're, they're things that don't even interest me anymore. So, so just know, let me preframe these other examples that I'm going to give you. But uh, I wanted, uh, back then there was a, uh, uh, a TV show um, uh, called Magnum P.I. The actor's name was Tom Selleck. He was a detective and he wrote, he drove this Ferrari 308. And I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. So I got a picture of that actual car out of a magazine and put it on the visor of my Corvette. Within a year or two, I had a Maserati look just like it. Wow. Now, last example, last car example. I'm a guy that always wanted a Lamborghini. Okay. Mm -hmm. I had posters in my bedroom with the Lamborghinis and the bikini girls. And the, yeah, I had all of that. And and what's interesting is my son collected models of exotic cars. He had about 30 models and he had a model of the exact same color and style Lamborghini that I ended up getting, which ultimately wrecked, but uh, we won't go in that story. But the pictures work. Okay. Like, right. like, let me show you something. You know, I know we're doing this in video and audio format. It is a video. This, Correct. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is my, this is my planner. I've had right. this for, for, two decades. Okay. In the back of this thing are pictures um, that I've had in here for 19, 20 years. The first pictures of my I children yep. when they were young. Okay. Right. Um, because, because you got to have gratitude. Everything starts from a foundation of gratitude. Right. So I've got my gratitude pictures, things I'm grateful right. for. Right. Mostly my kids when they were young. Right. Then I've and, got pictures of the houses right. that I got. Okay. I've got pictures of the, the, the Lamborghini before I ever got it. Right. Um, just you for know, our listeners, Ross, I, I the Rolls Royce. Right, right. I just want to All mention these... our listeners that they should definitely hook up with the video version of this podcast because the images of visualization that Rod just shared 
are too critical for you to not, you know, miss them and see the planner and everything, you know, go ahead. Thank Robert. you. Yeah. So, so, so anyway, I, I mean the Rolls Royce, all this stuff that I got that I had pictures of. Okay. So, so that it, that's very, very important that you have pictures of your goals. And I want to share one more story before we move on to other topics uh, besides goal setting. Sure. So I always, when I lived in Denver, I always wanted to live on the beach. Okay. Sure. And uh, there's no beach in Denver, but I knew I was going to live on the beach. So I had pictures of palm trees and, and that, and ultimately ended up building a, a magnificent home, 10,000 square feet, $8 million mansion on the beach. It had the beach on one side and I had my boathouses on the backside. It was called a Gulf to Bay. It was just like a slice through an island. And I mean, this house is magnificent. Waterfall from the second floor into the pool and elevator and, and 80 feet of, of 10 foot high glass. It was like you were living on the bay and I could lay in bed, look one way and see the beach, look the other way and see the bay. And, and, um, so I, 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 I did it. Okay. So about, but this is the, me this is the message I want to share about two months after I built it, I'm floating in the pool at night. My family's inside sleeping and, um, the pool is warm water and the pool's changing colors at night. And I'm looking up at this giant testament to my ego that I built. I built this to prove to the world I was good enough. Okay. That's mm -hmm. really what, what it was. And, and I was totally focused on me through that whole period of time. And, and it was me, me, me show the world. I, I, I matter and all that. And I'm looking up at this house and I got really depressed and I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm depressed. And I just achieved this incredible success. And, you know, by societal standards, you know, huge success. So what's going on? So when I look back on it, I realized there were two things happening. One was, you know, you should always have other goals lined up if you achieve a big goal. Because like the good book says, uh, the Bible says, without a vision, the people perish. You need a vision for the future. You need a compelling vision. You need a reason to, to keep moving forward. Um, the goals will propel you, my friends. But the only thing that makes you happy is continual progress and growth. So that was one thing that was happening that I, when I look back, I realized I didn't have a vision for the future. Second thing, though, which is I want to share with your listeners as well, is I was totally focused on me. So I went and saw Tony Robbins that year. Now, I've spent 20 years now following Tony Robbins around the planet. A huge gift to my life. If you ever have an opportunity to see him live, please do it while he's still speaking because you will be very grateful that you did. But I went and saw him and I found out that he fed families for the holidays. And he's done millions and millions now. But I'm like, that's kind of cool. And so I decided to feed five families that year. And the third family changed my life. I, I went up to this house and there was this woman there with five kids in this shack. And, and I, 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 bought, we, I bought them a whole meal. I bought them a turkey. We did this for Thanksgiving. We do it for Christmas now. But we got toys for the kids and big Thanksgiving dinner. She sees this box of food and the frozen turkey and she starts crying. And then her kids come out. Some of them start crying. And then I start crying. And I'm hooked. And now I'm blessed to say over the last 19, 20 years, we have fed 65,000 children for the holidays. We have wow. done over 10,000 backpacks filled with school supplies to local children here that don't have the basic school supplies. Done over 10,000 teddy bears to the local police department so their officers can comfort a child if they encounter a child that's been traumatized. So my point in all this is to invite you to realize that success is not success if you're not giving beyond yourself. You don't have to do anything as grandiose as I just said, but I'm going to tell you, I have interviewed on my podcast, Lifetime Cashflow, mega millionaires, even a billionaire. And some of these people are successful, 
but they're not fulfilled. There's a big difference between success and fulfillment. Tony Robbins calls it the science of achievement versus the art of fulfillment. Do not think that you can be successful without helping other people. You have one hand to pull yourself up, the other hand is to pull other people up. So I just wanna share that as it relates to this drive for success. Right, anyway. right. And one of the things I have found, Rod, is that success has a lot of definitions, right? So people, let's say, who, who are working in rural areas, you know, for them, empowerment of the impoverished, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, backtrodden, like, let's say, woman or, you know, impoverished uh, children. So, you know, for them, success is more about, I think, you know, fulfillment that, hey, I want to bring up the neighborhood and the whole community. So mm-hmm. success takes many forms. And I and most of the times, as you just said, Rod, is that what I have found is that material success is a very fleeting thing that uh, and you know as i'm sure you will agree to this that you know it's it's really that fulfillment component that hey you want to feel good you want to feel happy inside that okay i help somebody or hey you know someone is greater and farther because of uh, what you did is something you know uh, would you agree to that Ron? that's why i do what i do i mean i i never i started my podcast two and a half years ago i never planned to do live events or do a course or do coaching and i've had five sold out live events i never i used to be an introvert stand up in front of people no way i'm going to be probably in front of six seven hundred people in may at my denver event right and you know, it's, you know, you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, right? I, I never planned to do this. But what I did with my podcast early on was I took free phone calls from my listeners. I said, you know, call me. I'll talk to you about anything for 30 minutes. I had hundreds and hundreds of them. And I started getting thank you cards. I've got a whole wall behind me you can't see with hundreds of thank handwritten thank you cards from people whose life I've impacted, who bought property or, you know, were motivated and inspired by what I'm doing. That's my greatest gift. That's why I did it. That's why I do it. And you know, and that's why I enjoy it so much. And so, you know, um, that's what life's about. It's about adding value. And I get, so, and I work my butt off. I work Sundays and, but I love it. And, well, and, you know, if you're going to get into this real estate game, if you don't love it, you better learn to love it because otherwise go do something else. Life is too freaking short. Right. L- love what it is you do. Right. And, so, and that's something maybe that might segue uh, in a, um, into my next topic, uh, Rod, where you said you got to love what you do. Right. And th- there is a reason that I think personally I do real estate and I focused all my attention uh, into owning assets. You know, it's, it's really not about the money. Sometimes it's more about security, the cash flow and the lifetime benefit that brings in and that that was the impetus like personally i was into it career earning you know six figure job for uh, you know decades uh, same thing with my wife and now we are you know 100% uh, uh, you know both of them have quit we are financially free but the most important component of all of this is the security and the financial freedom as they call it it's that, but then now I'm at that sort of, uh, as you call, said, Rod, that trending towards that extra stage where how much more va- value can I add? And I'm kind of finding this passion in me that, hey, I want to spread the word and, you know, mix with my friends and help them benefit that because, you know, I have a lot of wealthy friends and, fam- uh, you know, extended family where they say that, oh, geez, we're interested in real estate, but you know, we don't know where to start. And that's where I'm bringing in. And that's why I I guess, you know, I started my podcast as well. These were the motivations that you impart education, but at the same time, you you know, you can help, you know, more people and, uh, you know, learn the power of real estate. That's exactly how it was. 
And I that's, totally that's, agree. That's with why you. I do what I do. And and you know, we we we're actually raising money for about a thousand doors right now. And and you have to kiss a lot of frogs to find to find deals right now. And 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 now we're you know, it's feast or famine. We're in feast, and uh, you know it's been a lot of fun. But let me. Sh- I want to share something with your listeners. I, I wrote a book, a two hundred page book that I'll give them sure. for free. It's going to go on Amazon. In fact, I just put a contest on my Facebook group to pick the the new cover because I've I've revised it. But I'll give it to your listeners for free. They can just text sure. the word Rod to four one four one one. It's a two hundred page book. It's like a, a a textbook for this business. It'll really help, and I'll give it to them for free. It'll be twenty five bucks on Amazon just probably right before my May uh, event in Denver. But, sure, uh, sure. you know, and I'd also like to put a plug in for that event, if you don't mind, Sakar. I mean, oh, I'm sure, gonna, sure. Go ahead, Ron. Denver uh, for three days, and uh, and tickets are very, very reasonable. I don't bring in outside speakers to sell you stuff. It's just me for three days teaching this business. And uh, it's just, just go to rodindenver.com and, and, and would, love to, would love to see you there. I promise you, you'll be glad you came. Absolutely. And, um, and, and, I, and I don't just teach the real estate. Also, you know, so many people learn, they buy a course or they go to a live event and they don't do anything with it. So I teach, you know, I spend some time on, uh, some serious time on mindset, on, on pushing through fear and how to identify your fears, on, on getting uncomfortable. Because the magnificent life you want is right on the other side of a little bit of, com- of discomfort. You have to get uncomfortable a little bit uh, to make it happen. And so right. I, I spend a lot of time on that. Right. Um, and, uh, and that's why it's so well received. Because right. really the, the truth of the matter is 80 to 90% of your success in anything is your mindset and your psychology. Only 10 to 20% is the real estate stuff Sakar and I talk about on our podcast. Absolutely. So, you know, my podcast just hit... Uh, it's about to hit five and a half million downloads. Wow, because, that's incredible. Because I, yeah, I spend, I spend time on mindset and it resonates with people because it's so important. I hope you'll check it out. It's lifetime cash flow. But right. I want to share one other funny story. So you can see the picture behind me is a picture of my backyard. I have this beautiful compound on the water now. I mean, it's, I'm, it's magnificent. Six buildings, giant main house. I've got a two-bedroom guest house. I've got a media building with a theater room and a conference center above it and on and on and on. Just magnificent home. And because God's got a sense of humor, I can see my old mansion across the bay that I lost uh, uh, no on my backyard. Right. It's kind of funny. Right. But right. anyway. No, and I agree with you. I mean, all my listeners should take advantage of your, uh, you know, live events. And uh, Thank you. I know you offer coaching as well, Rod. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, Thank I you. Personally, uh, you know, witnessed many friends who have taken advantage of that as well. I mean, in fact, I have attended a couple of your, uh, uh, you know, live events as well. And I can attest to the value of it. And Thank knowing, you. you know, why you do the psychology behind it. These are so critical elements that you focus upon. And I, I can surely, you know, attest to it that I, I don't think there's a live event that comes uh, as close to, you know, giving a well-rounded value in real estate uh, to an investor. So very Thank well you, said there, Rod. Much appreciated. And speaking of multifamily, Rod, like where, you know, we like to focus and, you know, bring in value to our uh, listeners and other, uh, you know, uh, passive investors in general. Mm-hmm. Um, could you maybe, Rod, uh, describe us as to, you know, why you like the multifamily segment? Sure. And I know personally you owned many houses and I own 2000 houses. I've owned correct. multiple apartment complexes. So right. why I love multifamily? It's the reason I started my podcast. <laughs> While I was crashing and burning, my right. single family portfolio was killing me, but my apartments were doing just fine. 
Right. If I hadn't cross collateralized them, I had done region, you know, I, I owned everything. It wasn't syndicated at that time. I owned everything. And if I hadn't cross collateralized with regional banks, my packages of houses with the apartment complexes, I'd still have them because they sure. were doing just fine. They pulled back a little bit, but they would have easily survived the crash. Sure, and that sure. was like a, a light bulb for me. You know, it's just a shame that I wasn't completely in multifamily because I would have been just fine. And right. so, you know, that's why I love multifamily, okay? Right. You know, if right. you're going to buy, you know, you're thinking, yeah, I'm going to buy some real estate and retire. Well, I'll buy 10 houses. Buy mm -hmm. a 10plex. It's one transaction. It's much right. easier. And you can scale much quicker, okay? You can get to your financial goals much quicker, easier to manage. Like I described, you know, with my logistical nightmare with my houses, much easier to manage, you know, 10 to 20 uh, units under one roof than to have them scattered out and everything's different. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it you know, the, and, and multifamily, we've, we are becoming a renter nation. Millennials don't want to own a house. They want to be mobile and move around and go to WeWork and drink beer and work in a communal environment. They're, they're a different breed. And, right. and people, people really like to be mobile now. They, right. they don't want to be locked down. And right. so we're becoming a renter nation, which is why rents have increased every year for the last decade. Right. Um, so, you know, and then people are like, well, what about the contraction? Well, yeah, there's going to be a contraction. Real estate goes through cycles. And, you know, I will tell you when that, when, when we hit, you know, hit, you know, start going down again, there's going to be incredible opportunity. Are there deals right now? You bet. Like I said, I've got a thousand doors under contract with fantastic returns, very conservative deals. Like we're doing 65% right. loans and still have double digit returns and, and, and cash on cash and IRR. So, so the point is um, <clears throat> their deals are there. You have to kiss a lot of frogs to find them, Sure, but sure. you know, but, and you have to stress test them. Okay. We're, like we won't do a deal that we, that won't carry itself 25% vacant day one and 35% vacant in five years. If it doesn't pass that simple test, we don't doing it. We, 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 um, we uh, uh, raise a, a, a significant operating reserve, a rainy day fund. And, and because you never, just never know what could happen when things get a little tighter. And so, and we, and I, that's the thing, you know, if, you, if you're thinking about passively investing and you're listening to this show, make sure that, that you learn this business enough to have a basic understanding so you can identify when a syndicator is doing deals that are very, you know, edgy. Sketchy. Yep. There, there are some real edgy deals out there right now. Like we'll be in the best and final offer stage on a deal and somebody swoops in and pays an extra million, two million, three million for deal. And we're like scratching our heads. Heads, absolutely. Out of your mind. Yep. You know, yep. It's, it, was, it was tight when we were considering it. Now it's like off the chain. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. It, it, it has happened to us, Rodo, as well, that you right. do your best foot forward and you're still in the best and final and you see what it traded at finally. You feel like, oh my you're God, you, you would have been falling off the cliff. <laughs> what were they thinking? And you, and yeah. you know those deals are going to come back and those investors absolutely. are going to lose their, their shirts. And it's just sad, but... You know, it just is what it is. You know, there's some irrational exuberance. So it's really, really important you, that you sir. check out your, you know, your operations team. You, you, you look at, you look at the deal, have a basic understanding. Come see me in Denver at the very least. So you know what you're doing. Read right. my book, my free book. That's a no brainer. Right. So you've got some basic understanding of, you know, don't, don't give anybody your money 
unless you have some basic understanding of what you're doing. I don't care if it's the stock market. I don't care if you're investing in a business, a startup, whatever. You better have some basic understanding of what you're investing in. Absolutely. I 100% right. agree with you, Rod, there. Yeah. Now, Rod, speaking about these, uh, you know, nuts and bolts of, uh, you know, multifamily, you know. Right. The value add word, you know, is pretty much sure. gets thrown around just like a buzzword, you know, like, hey, it's as if like, you know, you got sales, sales, sales signs. <laughs> you right, know, right, right. You know, if a property's if a property's been owned for three years, you know, then it's a value add opportunity because the rents have gone up. Exactly, you know, exactly. And there, there are lots of different kinds of value adds. We've got two. That's that's where I want to get into, Rod, is that okay. when we say value add, right? So what different kinds you look for in terms of, you know, sure. not just the due diligence factor around it, but, you know, more importantly that what is the upside you look for that? Hey, is that sure. like the $50 rent growth sure. or are you maybe okay. spotting? I'll give that? you some examples. Sure. I'll give you some hard examples. We're raising money for right now. And now, now only for accredited, this will be for educational purposes if you're not sure. accredited, but if you're accredited, like we've got a deal in Dallas right now that's, that's closing in the, you know, uh, but we'll probably even do a little more raise after it closes. So this is some opportunity. In it. And if you're interested in checking our deals out, uh, text the word partner to 41411 and we'll send you information. But, but the Dallas deal, it's got a $200 per month rent upside. So, wow. you know, I mean, kind of hard to, kind of hard to, hard to screw up with that. We're mm -hmm. buying, we've got a deal in Shreveport that is 70% vacant because the owner is just hasn't spent a dime on it. Horrible management. I think he ran out of money. Just so and, that I hear you correctly, Rod, 70% occupied or 70% vacant? I'm sorry, 70% occupied. Forgive right. me. Okay. If I said vacant, gotcha. I, yeah. I screwed that up. 70% sure. occupied. And mm -hmm. and and it's a it's a it's a C asset. It's not a D asset and mm -hmm. and, and beautiful property mm -hmm. and two pools and I mean beautiful property, sure. but horribly managed. And mm -hmm. and the guy paid 21 million for it. We're buying it for 16 and a half. So, wow. so, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we get it occupied. We've instantly increased the value of 5 million. That's a value add. Okay. Absolutely. So that's a deal in Shreveport, Louisiana that, that we're raising money for. So that's, we're very, very conservative. That Dallas deal, for example, 65% mm -hmm. loan to value, but sure. still, you know, 10% cash on cash returns, uh, you know, double uh, 17 to 20% IRR. So they're out there. But you really, but you know, at sixty-five percent loan to value, that's a very conservative deal. It's hard to get. You know, the lower the loan to value, the harder it is to get good. Re you know, a higher dollar returns for sure. for the equity sure. uh, because that impacts the equity. So, right. you know, uh, again, they're out there. Um, they're off market most of the time, and they're they're found through relationships um, um, or really aggressive uh, direct to seller campaigns, but. Uh, and you have to kiss a lot of frogs. The problem is people are, are caught up in a little bit of irrational exuberance, operators especially, and they're doing anything they can to put a deal together if they can because the, because the money's out there right sure, now. Sure. But, so, Rod, but like uh, if I may, the different operators uh, or the deals that you're doing, uh, for example, right? So how are you doing uh, or you know, how are you finding these deals? Are you more about that you have local? I was, I was, at, yeah, I was at the... You I was at the NMHC. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Forgive me. Sure, Finish sure. your thought. Forgive me. It, no, no, I was just saying that. Do you have like operators on the ground, or these are coming from? No, these are our deals. Business? These are, now. Now, I, I have You know, I have a lot of students, and students yeah. bring me deals as well. Sure. Uh, I'm blessed in that regard. I mean, I never planned it that way. It just become this ecosystem, mm -hmm. uh, incredible ecosystem. Um, 
with my students, my warriors. And, you know, I have a course and coaching program. It's very reasonable and, 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 you know, students are buying properties. It's, it's a beautiful thing, but um, uh, you know, so, so uh, we have broker relationships. I was at the national multifamily housing NMHC in San Diego and met a lot of brokers while I was out there. And we, we found, we've got a deal in Lexington we're raising money for right now. Beautiful 174 door property. It'll be an A asset when we're done. It's B now. And, and we got that through a broker relationship at NMHC. I mean, we met the guy, he turned us onto it. We, he knew we could close and, and uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's happening right now. It's a real, I was just out there last week. Uh, or was it earlier? That, yeah. Last week. Uh, I lose track cause I'm working Sundays now. It was last week, but, but you know, again, we had to kiss a lot of frogs to find it though. I mean, sure. you know, we're probably looking at a hundred deals to find one right now, but but they're out there and 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 as long as you hold your guns i mean we had to ask for a you know pretty significant reduction we were at i think uh in the 18 million dollar range for the the louisiana deal we got a two million dollar uh reduction in price 18 and a half to 16 and a half because um there's the pro they'd let the property go so you know uh uh, we, we, we were very, very conservative and, and it was a deal at 18 and a half. Uh, right. but you know, we, we just said, no, we, we just figured we'll, we'll walk and we couldn't believe it when he accepted the reduction, but he did. Nice. So, nice. Um, and speaking of these deals, then Rod, the, uh, you know, the, uh, value add component or the initial uplifting that, uh, has to be done. How mm -hmm. are, you know, uh, or I guess you can speak in broad terms, right? So one is like, you know, someone can do a bridge financing and then, you know, go down the line and, uh, sure. If a property is unstabilized, typically someone will get bridge financing, sure. they'll stabilize it and then they'll refinance it. They'll reposition it, refinance it. That's the common dynamic. But I will tell you, Bridge financing right now is being overused by unsophisticated operators. And sure. it's, frankly, it's dangerous financing. It um, is dangerous, yes. You know, and so, so uh, and, and it's fairly readily available. Um, so that's a warning sign. This is, this is almost like 2007, where if you fogged a mirror, you could borrow money to buy a house. It's, it's, it's kind of that way with bridge financing right now. Right, so, right. you know, if, if we, we will very possibly do some bridge debt on that Shreveport deal, but mm -hmm. very conservative, um, and 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 we want to have a long window, like like five year um, debt with a couple of options to re, to to even extend it beyond that. Okay, so um, you know if somebody's out there getting two three year bridge financing, very very dangerous right now. So again, this is why educate yourself if you're listening, my friends, uh, seriously, um, because again, right now there's some irrational exuberance and there's some you know inexperienced even experienced operators, but haven't, that haven't gone through a pullback. So, you know, like we were on a webinar for somebody's presentation and then we asked the question, um, you know, what'd you do to stress test the deal? Right. And it was crickets. Uh, well, we, this one didn't need to be stress tested. I'm like, are you kidding me? Okay, so that was number one. How, what's your operating reserve? Oh, we've 50 grand. Right. Our operating reserve on our Shreveport deal grand. is a million, is a million dollars. Okay. Absolutely. So, 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 <laughs> You know, you, a rainy day fund uh, on, on Dallas, I believe it's a half a million. So, right, so right. you know, you got to have some, you know, have some cushion, some, right. some. You just know, just so that our listeners understand, uh, Rod, how do you stress test a deal? What are the different elements if you could just. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, you look, the, the big one's vacancy, okay? Or really economic vacancy, how, you know, your collections, the, the, right. the physical occupancy, 
a vacancy and there's, there's economic occupancy and vacancy. O right. uh, physical is who's actually living in the property. Economic is who's actually paying. Are they really paying? So, <laughs> right, right. So economically, 25% vacant. Okay, that's, that's mm -hmm. right out of the gate. If, if that's not possible, we, we, we either lower the price till we can get to that point or we pass. Um, and then after we've repositioned it in our five-year horizon, we look at 35% vacant. Those are the two big ones. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, really, really, it's just vacancy. Um, we look so that, at a that, that, So that's your uh, sort of your upfront evaluation that whether you, you could, you know, meet that litmus test. So that, it's okay. a pretty simple litmus test, but it's right. pretty, you know, pretty powerful. Pretty basic. Uh, and, and then uh, the reason and, you and mentioned. Understand something. Understand mm -hmm. something. In 2008, rents only pulled back about 12 to 15% nationwide. So mm -hmm. we're doing 25%. And 2008 was a catastrophe. God, Ooh, God help yeah. us if something like that happens again. Okay. Yeah, I, so, I would love to see that, Rod, because we, we would be buying a lot more deals. <laughs> That's right, for sure. Right. Oh, you know, yeah. With crisis comes opportunity. If Absolutely. it happens again, it'll be, you know, when, there, when there's quote unquote blood running in the streets, there'll be incredible opportunity. But, right, right, right. Yeah. I appreciate it, Rod. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, please oh, tell pleasure. us more about your live live events and how people can get in touch with you, Rod. Yeah, well, listen, Rod in Denver for the live events. If you're interested right. in our passive investments, just text partner to 41411 and we'll set up a call with you. Um, by the way, I have a Facebook group as well, which is, you know, almost 25,000 people in it. You know, you are the people you hang around with. You want to be around like-minded people. And, and that's multifamilycommunity.com. It's a direct link to that Facebook group. And it's just an incredible, we don't allow any promotion. It's an incredible dynamic in there, place to learn. Um, and then if you want my book, just text Rod to 41411. Like I said, it's going to be up for sale here in about 30 days, but you can get it for free. That, that um, is a valuable book. And I have personally you. read it, uh, Rod. Thank and you. I think uh, I appreciate your, uh, <laughs> you know, you. spending time with me. And I think it, I think our audience will enjoy the lot of value from, <laughs> from your words. Thank you. So thank you, Rod. I appreciate it. My, my pleasure, buddy. Thanks for having me on the show. By the way, my website, rodcleef.com, my name, tons of content there, free content, other books, articles that I've curated or written, videos, just a ton of free content that'll help you as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Rod. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening to Premium Cashflow Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please join us at premiumcashflow.com to sign up for weekly updates, research articles, and more. We will see you again for another great interview with an expert guest.